Psalm 69, to the choir master, according to Lilies of David. Save me, O God, for the waters have come up to my neck. I sink in deep mire, where there is no foothold. I have come into deep waters, and the flood sweeps over me. I am weary with my crying out, my throat is parched, my eyes grow dim with waiting for my God. More in number than the hairs of my head are those who hate me without cause. Mighty are those who would destroy me, those who attack me with lies. What I did not steal, must I now restore? O God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me. O Lord God of hosts, let not those who seek you be brought to dishonor through me. O God of Israel, for it is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that dishonor has covered my face. I have become a stranger to my brothers, an alien to my mother's sons. For zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. When I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. When I made sackcloth my clothing, I became a byword to them. I am the talk of those who sit in the gate, and the drunkards make songs about me. But as for me, my prayer is to you, O Lord. At an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. Deliver me from sinking in the mire. Let me be delivered from my enemies and from the deep waters. Let not the flood sweep over me, or the deep swallow me up, or the pit close its mouth over me. Answer me, O Lord, for your steadfast love is good. According to your abundant mercy, turn to me. Hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Draw near to my soul, redeem me, ransom me because of my enemies. You know my reproach, and my shame and my dishonor. My foes are all known to you. Reproaches have broken my heart, so that I am in despair. I looked for pity, but there was none, and for comforters, but I found none. They gave me poison for food, and for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. Let their own table before them become a snare, and when they are at peace, let it become a trap. Let their eyes be darkened so that they cannot see and make their loins tremble continually. Pour out your indignation upon them and let your burning anger overtake them. May their camp be a desolation. Let no one dwell in their tents for they persecute him whom you have struck down and they recount the pain of those you have wounded. Add to them punishment upon punishment. May they have no acquittal from you. Let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Let them not be enrolled among the righteous. But I am afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. I will praise the name of God with a song. I will magnify him with thanksgiving. This will please the Lord more than an ox or a bull with horns and hoofs. When the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. 
For the Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion and build up the cities of Judah, and people shall dwell there and possess it. The offspring of his servants shall inherit it, and those who love his name shall dwell in it. End of reading. This is a special psalm because uh, there are a couple parts here that are uh, either explicitly referenced or uh, implicitly referenced in the New Testament. The big one is, verse 9, zeal for your house has consumed me. Uh, That's mentioned in uh, John chapter 2 when Jesus goes into the temple and uh, clears it out. That's when he makes the whip, drives out the animals, drives out the money changers and the you know, the people who are making the the house of God into a marketplace. And uh, it says when, when the disciples saw Jesus doing that, they thought of that verse, zeal for your house has consumed me. So this is a Davidic psalm, it says of David in the subtitle, but there are many, there are many uh, shadows here of what was to come in, in Jesus Christ fully. Uh, one of the key differences here between David and Jesus is... Uh, one of the really the complex emotions of this psalm that I that I see. So there's there's this issue where he is bearing he David is bearing reproach of other people that he is not he is not guilty of. So verse four, what I did not steal must I now restore? Um, and then he also says here verse six, let not those who hope in you be put to shame through me. Let not those who seek you be brought to dishonor. Through me. Verse 7. For it is for your sake that I have borne reproach, that dishonor has covered my face. Um, so he's talking about how he's being he's being persecuted or tormented for something that is not necessarily what he's guilty of, although David does recognize his own his own sin in in other ways that maybe aren't necessarily related to this conflict. Verse 5, O oh God, you know my folly. The wrongs I have done are not hidden from you. Um, so he's talking there about how, yeah, I, I am a sinner. I know I'm not perfect. But perhaps David is going through a situation here where it's not necessarily something that's directly his fault, that God is disciplining him for something he did that was wrong. And that definitely is something that is true about Jesus. Um, that he didn't do anything wrong, but he bore our sins. Um, so when Jesus is going through the agony of, of that spiritual burden of the weight of sin, he's bearing it even though he's not the one who, who rebelled against God in that case, or in any case, in, in Jesus's situation. In David's case, he's talking about that he realizes that the role that he has as king of Israel as leader, he's facing certain things. He's bearing the reproach of others. Uh, verse nine: Zeal for your house has consumed me, and the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. So he's bearing the reproach of others because of uh, because of his role as king, and also because of his passion for for God's house, for God's presence on earth. Uh, zeal for your house has consumed me. David is absolutely passionate about about that. 
about God's house, about God's dwelling place. And that's why the psalm finishes there at the end about how God will save Zion, build it up, people will dwell in it, um, people people will praise God, all of the earth will praise him. So that's that's really at the forefront of David's mind, and it's something he's passionate about and committed to. And so the the thing that David is going through now is because of that commitment that he has for God to be glorified. Um, and so there's a there's a part here that I'm looking for where, you know, David is saying that that he's going through this because God is God is making him go through it. Um verse 17, hide not your face from your servant, for I am in distress. Make haste to answer me. Um that's not it actually. Let me just find it here. Verse 26 and 27. This one, or no, verse 26. They persecute him whom you have struck down. So David is saying, my enemies persecute him, referring to himself in the third person. They persecute him whom you, God, have struck down. David's enemies persecute David, who is the person that God struck down. And they recount the pain of those you have wounded. So David is going through something that God put him through. They persecute him whom God has struck down. They recount the pain of those God has wounded. So again, similarly to Jesus, Jesus went through what he went through because it was it was the will of God for Jesus to go through that. That wasn't some tragedy that was against that was against God's plan all along. No, that was God's plan all along. Uh, Jesus says in John 10, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and I have authority to take it up again. So Jesus, Jesus was saying there, nothing, nothing is happening outside of the will of my father or, or you know, the plan of redemption here. The person they're persecuting is the person whom God is putting through this persecution. The person they're inflicting pain upon is the person God is, God is putting through that. So David has that perspective of, I'm going through this for purposes beyond me, perhaps even beyond my full understanding. But I know that God is putting me through this because of, because of my, my responsibility to, the, to these people for the, the zeal of your house, for the, the plan of redemption. I know that I'm going through this. And so, and so that's why he prays to God in faith to save him from this. That, um, at the, and another thing that I thought was very uh, humble on David's part, and and uh, like he's trusting God throughout this, is that he says, "At an acceptable time, answer me." Um, so he's respecting God's he's respecting God's timing, and ultimately his authority over this whole situation. Um, I'm looking for the exact verse here, verse thirteen. As for me. My prayer is to you, O Lord, at an acceptable time, O God, in the abundance of your steadfast love, answer me in your saving faithfulness. So that key phrase for me, at an acceptable time. So it's a statement of David's faith and commitment and submission to God's timing and his dependence on God's saving faithfulness and his, his, uh, him trusting that God will save him. It's, it's not a hopeless prayer. It is a prayer of hope. In the abundance of your steadfast love, that's God's covenant faithfulness and commitment 
to to David, God's commitment to his promises to to love in the way that he promised he would love and be faithful to him and these people. So that's why David finishes with, I'm afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. That really is, I think, the one sentence summary of this psalm. I'm afflicted and in pain. Let your salvation, O God, set me on high. That's verse 29. And then he ends it with this perspective of how he will, he will praise God, how others will see this. And he's calling others to, verse 32, when the humble see it, they will be glad. You who seek God, let your hearts revive. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his own people who are prisoners. Let heaven and earth praise him, the seas and everything that moves in them. For God will save Zion, build up the cities of Judah. People shall dwell there and possess it. Offspring of his servants shall inherit it. Those who love his name shall dwell in it. So it's, it's David saying, as for me, I will praise God. Um, when the humble see it, they will praise God. And ultimately, all of, all of creation is being brought to this end that God is bringing it to. Heaven and all of heaven and earth shall praise him. God will save his people. God will save their dwelling place. He will build them up. They won't be abandoned. They won't be destroyed. They will be built up. They will dwell there. They will be prosperous. This is the end that God is bringing it to. Complete victory uh, for his people in his name. And we know, of course, that that was accomplished through, through Jesus. In Jesus' name, this victory was accomplished um, for for God's glory and for for the blessing of of his people so grow with the growth that's from God